So welcome back, guys, to another episode of the Cinemax podcast, uh, the podcast where we take two different movies every episode uh, and pair them off against each other in a series of categories to see which one is ultimately the better movie. Uh, joining me this week, and potentially more often depending on how, how much I tolerate him today, uh, a man who loves the sound of his own voice more than anyone I've ever met, so True. he should be very well suited to this. Uh, my uh, boss, actually... So I might have to be a little nicer than I usually am. But um, yeah, joining me is Mr. Nathan Hannah. Nathan, how are you doing? Thanks for joining, by the way. No worries. I've been looking forward to this all week. I'm not going to lie. I've been practicing my podcast voice while I've been sat on new. I mean, I've been in meetings with you, so I know just how much you like to waffle on. So I think you'll be well suited to it. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't call it waffling. Uh, professional uh, improvisation. <laughs> if, if that's what you want to say, that's what I want to say. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, I've not done an episode in a while because I've obviously just started this whole new writing thing. I'm mad. Life's been manic at the moment, just catching up with everything. Um, but yeah, so this is, should be a good episode. We're covering my favourite film of all time. And I think you said your... Did you say your favourite film as well? I mean, if we're not going to count Star Wars... Oh, yeah, of course. Could we, yeah. could we, let's get that out of the way. But yeah, if we're not going to count, obviously, The Empire Strikes Back. But yeah, my favourite non-Star Wars film of all time, Ghostbusters. Yeah, so it's going to be Ghostbusters versus my favourite film of all time, which is just over this shoulder here. But uh, I'm really confused. You pointed to Breakfast Club. I didn't watch that. <laughs> no. Uh, <laughs> Back to the Future. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I'm, that's all confusing. <laughs> but yeah, uh, I actually rewatched both this weekend. I mean, I've rewatched Same. Back to the Future like four times already this year. So that one I didn't really need to do, but I was on a hill in the Peak District fearing for me life so i just thought why not if i go i go at the watch of the best thing i've ever seen so it, it was, was an interesting a massive watch. thunderstorm on saturday as well so you you picked we both because we both watched it on the same night we definitely picked the right night to watch it yeah exactly yeah i did you know i didn't even think of like the whole thunderstorm aspect of it, like the fact that it's in the fucking movie i didn't even think of that <laughs> what is it your favorite movie Christ. yeah i was just on a hill in a tent just thinking this could be the end so i might as well watch the best film I can't stand it Saturday though, isn't it? Yeah, and then I rewatched Ghostbusters last night. I'll be honest though, I actually only watched Ghostbusters Ghostbusters for the first time last year, so I've not got really? that feeling with it growing up that I imagine you did. When did you first watch that? Oh God, uh, back in the black and white days, I think. How about I say uh, back when you were a kid? We are going back. Yeah, so I would have watched it. I remember watching the cartoon first because I was a kid. Um, I remember actually seeing Ghostbusters 2 before seeing Ghostbusters 1. My parents always said, you know, Ghostbusters 1 is probably a little bit scarier. Um, but yeah, I can't remember. Definitely early 90s, like 96, 97, 95, probably. Um, but yeah, that's, but similarly, like not the past couple of years, but I didn't watch Back to the Future until I was in my mid to late 20s. So, like, I would probably watch Back to the Future at your age, which is very upsetting to say. But um, so, yeah, it's pretty similar kind of ways we watched it. I didn't grow up with Back to the Future at all. I'd never know anything about it. It was always one of those films that was like, I can't be able to watch that. That's a <laughs> terrible Yeah, Ghostbusters is the, let's be honest, it's, it's perfection. Yeah, we'll find yeah. out if it's perfection. <laughs> yeah, it would depend <laughs> how you scored it. It is really good though. Uh, but yeah, like, so it's a similar situation where you only really checked out Back to the Future in 
later years was uh, with Back to the Future. That was one of those films that I feel like was always on like ITV2 on a Sunday afternoon. So whenever my granddad was looking after me, he'd just stick it on and I'd just be sat in front of the TV not moving and I was just content with life. So it's, all, it's a film I can't remember seeing for the first time. It's just always been there. Which like When I watched it, I knew all of the references. I knew all like the Family Guy jokes. I knew I knew all the I knew all the like the quotes and everything. But like, finally, I remember finally watching it. And being like, do you know those films where you just go, "Why the fuck have I not watched this ever yeah. before?" Um, but yeah, no, it's a, it is a great film. But so is Ghostbusters. They are both very good films. It'll be interesting. Um, so we'll dive straight in. Uh, have you tallied up your score already? Do you know? Without, without telling me now, do you know which one has ultimately come out on top? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, I've just, I was literally doing mine literally two minutes before we jumped on, just, so I'm not the most organized. Just, just for context, anybody who doesn't know me, I am the least sport person. So when you have to, like, you have to, like, <laughs> explain it to me like I'm five. You have to, you have to really, like, because you said really it's, ten, it's ten if it's good, it's ten if it's to them, and nine if it's not. And I, I messaged you didn't I say why not just one and zero then? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well that defeat the object to me be MMA, like, MMA, isn't it? Yeah, it's uh, taking inspiration from that and like boxing and stuff. Um, but yeah, at least you've got your score written down. We'll see uh, how terribly you've messed up the scoring by the end. Um, I will try yeah. writing it down as we go with my sharpie yeah. and paper. <laughs> well, uh, jump straight in. There's no better place to start then than with the cast in general. Um, so talking about like the characters and how well the actors that played them suited the roles. Um, so with the start, I'll give my score first for this one, and then in the yeah. next, and then you can go, and then in the next category will rotate, and you can go first. Um, so for the cast, which probably isn't that surprising, but was much tougher than I thought. I did go Back to the Future with a ten nine. Um, I knew this would happen. We're going to argue from the get-go, you son yeah, of a probably. bitch. <laughs> but do you know what? For a long, for I was. This is actually probably the toughest category for me. I really yeah, own yeah, the yeah, this because anyone that knows me knows how much I love, obviously Michael J. Fox. Yeah. But I also really, really, really love Bill Murray, and I think he, yeah. especially watching it this this second time uh, this weekend, he stands out in that film. Like it feels like all the great like one line has come from Bill Murray and it's just Bill Murray being yeah, yeah. the best version of him. And like, I, I love him so much. So it was really tough, especially when you look at the cast around him, like Dan Aykroyd and Sigourney Weaver and Harold Ramis and like Ernie Hudson, like they're all really, really good. And even um, Annie Potts who plays uh, the secretary. Have you seen, have you watched Young Sheldon by the way? Uh, no, but I know she's a grandma in it. I've seen clip, I've seen TikTok clips with video games playing underneath. I'm young and hip. I'm cool. In like the, I want to say this like the politest way possible, but she could be the finest looking seventy year old woman I've ever seen in my entire life. I swear to God, like she is still unbelievably good looking. It's is crazy. She is. Well, even when she comes back in uh, Afterlife, yeah, is, yeah, that's also is. a really good film actually. I do well, know, we get, don't know we'll, get there. we'll get there. Yeah, very true actually. Yeah, um, but yeah. After that, I think when you compare it to Back to the Future, though, for me, it's obviously Michael J. Fox as Martin McFly and Christopher Lloyd as The Dark. I don't think that film works without them two. I think, yeah. obviously, there's I, a I reference. I, I do agree on that, yeah. There's a reference in a film that came out recently that I liked and you loved. <laughs> That's not. Can we not? This is, we're having a nice chat. But they mentioned in there, obviously, Eric Stoltz was supposed to be yeah. Martin McFly, and they realised quickly he wasn't serious. And have I think, you, have you have you seen the footage? Have you ever seen any footage of Eric Stoltz? Has and how? What yeah. like do, to you does it just not work, or is it hard to separate it? 
Yeah, it's the thing with Eric Stoltz is he was he didn't see it as the lighthearted film lighthearted film it was. He thought it was much more yeah. serious, and he said like. He went in the past and he thought it was more like a horror movie, like history was changing around him. He didn't get the vibe they were going for. And you yeah. can see that in just the brief clips of him. Like there's very one very famous one where he shows him lean in front of George in the cafe. And it just looks completely different. Yeah, um, he's got a completely different tone to it. Even it's a very simple, like I know we've seen you talk, it's a very simple shot, but it's just completely different. But yeah, no, I get you. And then... I saw, obviously, your letterbox review. You didn't quite like Crispin Glover this I, time. But I think he's really, really good. And I think, uh, not to step on sequels or anything, but I actually think the Back to the Future sequels are missing Crispin Glover. I think the fact he's not in them, he feels like a big hole for me. I think re-watching it, I've watched it a few times, not as much as you. <laughs> I, don't oh, think anybody, I don't think anybody's watched it as much as you. No, but, I don't um, think so. But re-watching it, I hated it. Crispin got I hate it. And it's that, it's that, like, kind of, that was a really bad impression, but it's that, like, really awkward and he's, like, really squirmy and whatever. And it really grated on me. But then, like, I put in my letterbox review, uh, it's, that's what he's supposed to be. So he's kind of doing it right. And I know he had troubles with the sequels and whatever, but I'm only, I'm only talking about this film. Um, but, like, yeah. He, even like at the end, spoilers if anybody's not seen Back to the Future, but if you even at the end, listening to this, yeah, yeah, go away. Uh, come back when you've watched it. Like even if you've like at the end, sorry, when he's the more successful version, he's still got that kind of like oh, it's it's the laugh, it's the laugh that he does the <laughs> like laugh. It really grates on me, and I want to love it, but it does great on me. But I suppose that's you know what he's supposed to. Yes, what that he achieved the goal he was supposed to be doing. Yeah, um, and I think the role, I think it's difficult to imagine anyone else being George McFly because, yeah. like I said, in the second one, they obviously don't have Crispin Glover, so they just hang. I don't even remember the name of the actor they use, but they just hang him upside down with the prosthetics on. And even though you don't, even though they do a good job of it, you can tell it's not him just in the voice and the mannerisms and stuff. Yeah. So I think he's great, and there's even like. Billy Zane just playing a random Biff's like little lackey. Yeah. And Tom oh, and Wilson Flea, has Biff. Flea from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. And like, but Tom Wilson as Biff is like, I don't think I've ever seen him in anything else. And he's so good. Like, it's bizarre. So, um, I mean, I haven't even spoke about Leah Thompson, but I don't want to drag on too much about talking about everyone in that film because I probably could. <laughs> but like, the whole cast are just great, which is why I went 10 9 for Back to the Future. Okay. Well, I'm going to, we're going to fight on the first round. But I think to what you, not to, like I say, drag on too much, but to kind of build off what you've already said, like Dan Aykroyd, Bill Murray, Ernie Hudson, uh, you know, Harold Ramis, Rick Moranis, who you missed on your list. Like I didn't Rick even Ram say him. Yeah, I can't believe yeah. I didn't say him. Rick Annie, Rick Annie Potts, Sigourney Weaver, you know, like I can never remember the guy's name who plays Walter Peck, but as a... Oh, as William a, as a That's it. Yeah, yeah. And, and like, you're right, Back to the Future doesn't work without Marty and Doc, but to me, you can replace anybody else around him. Like, Crispin Glover, uh, my opinions obviously show, but you could, anybody could play that character, and the Mormon, anybody could play the Mormon, you know, the, everybody else around him. Biff, I think Biff is perfectly cast as well, um, but, I mean, Ghostbusters is such a powerhouse of, of cast, like like you say, Bill, every, every syllable that comes out of Bill Murray's mouth is comedic gold. Even, like, Dan Aykroyd's got that He's got that 
childlike wonder about him with everything that he does in the ghost but and you obviously he's got a massive kind of passion for ghostbusters because he that was his pet project for ages and he's got the you know the the, the love for the paranormal and Harold Ramis just playing Egon perfectly to when we get to the legacy question to tears later on in later on down the line and you know and then you know like Rick Moran is doing another amazing like awkward um nerdy like how like the the next door neighbor and Sigourney Weaver being the absolute hottest woman of the 80s in that movie like as well as being genuinely funny and like being that like or uh I don't want you and to slowly turn it very quickly to as 80s movies did move very very quickly but so i went i went 10 9 i think i got that right 10 9 to uh ghostbusters back to the future it was harder because you're right it doesn't work but i don't think ghostbusters works either without any of that it's just like the perfect melting pot of of, of people and i'm going to stump you a little bit because you say back to the future doesn't work without um christopher lloyd and um, Michael, J. Michael J. Fox, yeah, blanket. But what's your favorite stage musical of the recent years? No, the musicals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you love the musical, but that hasn't got them in it. And so, yeah, but it. Yeah. in a similar sense, Ghostbusters <laughs> Afterlife has them for like four minutes, and that still works. Yeah, because it can't work without them. Uh, it did for the most part. <laughs> them showing up didn't save that film, but I no, do but agree it that it saved me. <laughs> the Ghostbusters cast is phenomenal. Yeah, but William like... Atherton was obviously in Die Hard as well. I don't think there's many yeah, people yeah. that play a better ass. Like he just yeah. plays a dickhead so well. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, that's why I went because it's it's Back to the Future rests on two people. Like Biff, he's hanging on the edge, but you could probably replace him most of that cast um that molly ringwald or something in the 80s probably could have done the mom like quite quite good justice whereas i think molly ringwald would have been good actually see see change the score now cal um, <laughs> no i think if you i think if you take any of the ingredients out of ghost buses they all perfectly balanced like ernie hudson playing just the the blue collar worker who's like it's just a job you know like you uh hey um, i'm a grafter I'm <laughs> yeah you you, you graft but yeah, and that and that's why I went uh, ten nine for for Ghostbusters. Cool. Well, uh, moving I will, on. Now. I will say before we carry on though, I went in watching Back to the Future. Like I knew it was going to be a tough one when we both agreed on it, and I went into watching Back to the Future on Saturday, and I thought this is going to be. Do you know what? This is going to be a lot fucking harder than I thought. Like especially, I was just looking at the cast question. I was like, it's going to be so fucking hard. And I put Ghostbusters. And I went, no, it's not. <laughs> I was the opposite. I thought it was going to be easy and then it was a bit harder than I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll move on now to yeah, yeah, the best opening uh, out of the two films. So like the opening scenes, like um, so obviously in Back to the Future, you've got Marty showing up at Doc's house, uh, yeah. trying the guitar, all the, you see all the Doc's like contraptions just working around yeah, the yeah. place. And then just find like when Doc rings him and he finds out he's late for school and then it kicks into the power of love and we see him on the skateboard. Uh, and then in comparison, you've obviously got Ghostbusters in library. the library with the uh, librarian and she comes across the ghost and it shows her like running out and as she runs out, like, oh, is it a freeze frame on her face? As it kicks well, the, the wind's blowing on her face and then the, the iconic Ghostbusters drums start coming in. Yeah, so as far as movie openings go, they're, pro- they're you're both pretty damn good, but uh, I'll let you go first now you scored them. Yeah, well, I love both openings, like you said. They both, I think, in terms of openings, they both 
100% encapsulate kind of what the movie and the tone of the movie is about. Like the opening to Back to the Future, um, you just know who Martin McFly is by the end of it. Like turning on all the clock. Oh no, not the clock's always so he's plugging in the amp. He fucking blows the amp. Uh, but you get, kind of get to know Doc over the phone as well. Um, and you get to, I, it's perfectly created, like crafted because you get to know Doc just without seeing him. You're seeing all the like the scientists on the wall. You're seeing Einstein's food on the floor, the clocks, the amazing little uh, foreshadowing of the clock with him hanging off the edge of it. Um, and then you know when he's late for school, uh, the, you know the classic. Uh, uh, are you telling me it's eight forty twenty-five or whatever it is, and it's uh, running out, grabbing onto the back of cars to skateboard. Just really, really shows you what um, kind of character my is. I, I completely forgot about the scene when. He's driving past the aerobics class, just and he's like waves, and every single woman waves at him. Like that's what right, that's the I source that, moment. I wouldn't be going to school if that if I had that kind of pullover yeah. aerobics class. Christ, but yeah, over back to the future, uh, the power of love as well. Like such a such a not just a great movie song, but a great eighties song as well. Um, but then like Ghostbusters, man. It what can I say? Like it, it tells you everything you need to know about the movie. It's got that. It opens up with a kind of horror, and you think it's going to be like a little bit more of a horror, and then the the music kicks in. It uplifts the tone, and then from there up to when they kind of like the getter kind of moment. That like when the library bit ends. It's it's just you get the humor. You get to know all the characters immediately. You know the type of the type of people. You've also got that bit with the um, Bill Murray testing the psychics, and he's like. The bit when he, the bit that always makes me laugh when he puts the pencil against the head and he t- like when he's trying to get it to uh, trying to get it to fix it. So I I went ten nine to Ghostbusters purely because actually it was cl- that one was closed and that one I argued with myself for a while, um, but purely because like the opening to Ghostbusters you're seeing not just the characters who they are what they represent the tone the humour like you know. Yes, no human can stack books like this and all that kind of stuff. But you also like seeing the special effects as well, like of the ghost, which which I'm sure at the time were absolutely phenomenal and still are. Like watching it again, there's only a few scenes where that movie looks fake. Um, but yeah, so I went I went ten nine to a ghost. But back to, the opening to Back to the Future is fucking insane. Like it, it is great just just knowing who, just getting to know Martin McFly just from that very short period of time. And, and setting up what the town looks like versus what it's going to look like, it is great. Yeah, uh, this might surprise you, but I actually went ten nine in favor of Ghostbusters as well. I, I'm not shocked <laughs> because obviously the Back to the Future opening, I think, is one of like a really, really like effective one. Like you said, it shows who Doc is without actually introducing him. Like you hear him on the phone, you see every how his place looks. You see, you just get that he's just like this messy inventor. Yeah. And uh, the scene when Marty first tries the guitar and he falls down, and he's sitting like when he gets up, and he takes the shades oh, off, yeah. Yeah, the shots around. Like, I love yeah. it. And, like you said, like those little bits where he goes through the town and it foreshadows how things will eventually like change it. It lets you see everything without it being too on the nose, I think. Yeah. Um, but the Ghostbusters um, opening, it's just really, really good like there's no argument to it is it no like you said it does almost feel like a bit of a horror at first like with the fact like it's the cards flying out of the the drawer and then she like she stops and turns around and sees then she's running and i think the needle drop into that um song is one of the best ever 
Like, I think it's so effective. And then, like you said, as soon as you meet the rest of the cast, like Bill Murray, and I think that's so funny when he's doing the um, the electric shock thing, because it, it literally, I mean, we obviously see it for everyone, but it automatically tells you the exact sort of human being he is. That guy has always got women on the mind. Yeah, I feel like that's Bill Murray in almost any film he's in, but yeah, he's always yeah. like it's it's really effective. So yeah, I went 10-9 on that one as well because as much as I love the Back to the Future opening, even the bit where obviously you got the radio on and they say the plutonium's missing, and then when he kicks yeah. his skateboard, you see the plutonium under the table. But I think the Ghostbusters one's just a little bit more like intense and exciting. Whereas the Back to the Future one's more like this is who he is and this is, this is all settled, yeah. Well, yeah, but, but I think that one. The, the thing that the Back to the Future one does really, really well that I'll never stop praising it for is that later on, like 30, 40 minutes into the film, each, you're show, being shown stuff in the past and you only had a glimpse of it like in that opening. You only had like a second with it and you're like, oh, yeah, that's changed, that's changed. And it does that, does like really, really well and like really, really sets up the time travel without having to spend too much time on it. And so that is really, really good. But yeah, you're right. It, that, the opening to Ghostbusters is just just pretty iconic yeah there's no question um next we'll go to the best story so obviously the overall plot of the movie you've got in back to the future obviously it's 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 you think it's complicated the fact there's time travel involved but it's essentially just you can say it in two two sentences boy yeah. travels back yeah. in time and accidentally prevents his parents from meeting has to make them fall in love to uh, ensure he actually survives like that's it that's all it is yeah, and, to, and it's been and it's been taking the piss out of for years for essentially making his mum and dad get together in yeah. many different ways. But and then the Ghostbusters one, obviously, it's a bit more um, complex. You've obviously got the fact that they form the team and they start uh, taking on all these different jobs, hunting ghosts. But then there's it's not just any like regular ghosts. There's obviously the overlying situation with. Um, Obviously, Zool at first, and then what's the, what's the big one? Cause it Goza or something like yeah, that. Goza, yeah. Goza, that's it. Yeah, and like when that eventually comes out, and it turns out they've been using Sigourney Weaver Dana's um, building as like a site for it ready. Like, yeah. um, it's quite intense. Um, and I think because of how simple yet effective Back to the Future story is, I went ten nine in, in favor of that because I think just even the way the story is like created and the idea came from um bob gale that uh was like working on the film with um robert zemeckis and it was like he saw a picture of his dad in high school and was like i wonder if we'd have got on like yeah. if we'd have known each other then that was literally how the story became yeah. and like just that on its own it's like it's such a simple way to like light the spot that starts story and it's so it is a really simple story that could probably be made at any time and it was just the perfect generation for it to be made. Because even now, if you made that film now and you go back 30 years, what's that, 1993? It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah, that makes you feel old. Oh, I still why? wasn't alive, first of all. I want to say that. I, I was. <laughs> but yeah, like, it doesn't work now. And I think I think taking into account when it was made and the, just how we, weirdly different the 80s and the 50s were. Like, yeah, a complete total shift. Yeah. It feels like there's... 60 70 years between them, not 30 it's it's bizarre but yeah i think because of that and like and it's just it feels like it just moves really quick like it feels yeah. like the movie lasts like an hour like it's just all just non-stop and i think because of that and the um 
the aspects of him going to the 50s and hearing all the 50s music and all that sort of thing. I won't read Back to the Future 10-9. Uh, well, I'm going to surprise you. And I, I did the same for Back to the Future. Really? But, but weirdly, for completely opposite reasons, I think that Ghostbusters is really simple and Back to the Future's got a bit more of a layer to it. Um, yeah. I mean, they're both the classic 80s movies. It's point A, point, point B, let's how do we get there kind of thing. There's nothing overly common. It's not Christopher Nolan's Back to the Future, which I would watch. But, yeah, I would. Um, or Chris, Christopher Nolan's Ghostbusters, I would 100% watch. Um, yeah, but, yeah, that'd be incredible. He'd, have to, he'd, he'd actually make real ghosts somehow. Yeah, um, yeah he would. But I, I love Ghostbusters, I really do. But it really is just like, there's ghosts, but Ghostbusters is the end kind of thing. Uh, and that's what to me anyway. And part of the fun of the Ghostbusters film isn't the story, it's just the moments. So it's the quotes, it's the Bill Murray being Bill Murray, it's the special effects. It's not really the story. I don't love it for the story. Um, that just kind of takes, takes us from one piece to another. Like, you know, when Goza comes to stay off Marshmallow Man, that's not really part of part of the story, it just leads to another fantastic humorous moment. Um but Back to the Future story, it's just it's just great. Like I said, it's got it's got that that great premise of would I would me and my dad get on? Um how would I feel if I found out my dad was a peeping Tom? Uh, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. But and the reason I gave it because every everything in back in the Back to the Future movie feels like it's for the purpose of the story, not for the joke or not for the special effect or not for the not for the you know, the moment it's, it is for the story. Like I said, the opening, it kicks the skateboard, it hits the plutonium. And that's story without telling you a story, obviously. Um, but, and like, you glimpse at one building and 40 minutes later, you're seeing it again and it's completely changed and it has a massive effect on the, it does have a massive effect on the story. So, yeah, I went back to the future because I've seen it a couple of times and even at the end when like he's hanging and he's trying to get the thing on, I'm like, he's going to get it. He's gonna, like, where's Ghostbusters? You know, it's a comedy, you know, they're all going to be all right. And so is Back to the Future. It's not nothing too heavy. No pun intended. Um, say, don't, but, don't say that to mine. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is quite simple. It is quite streamlined, but there's a lot of layers to it. And I, I love the way they incorporate, you know, Marty being like panicked and driving off and hitting a tree and then that having a, a, a small moment later on where it's now the Lone Pine more and it actually affects history and stuff like that. And the only thing I <laughs> the only thing I don't really like about the Back to the Future story is the um is the moral of the story is like I just fucking change it, it's fine. We could you can you, we could be better. Not not live with no not l learn to love what you've got and stuff like that. So yeah, we could be better, just fucking change it, whatever. <laughs> Yeah, it's weird the whole. Um, I'm rich now. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, because when you actually like think about it properly for a minute, it's got to be bizarre because he's gone back to the future and there's a life that he just didn't have. Yeah. Like, I mean, everyone so else's lives have been different. There's so much. Like, I, I have a, I've got a friend who just if the time traveling movies isn't right, it, it completely takes him out of it, and he will criticize a film based on the time travel. I'm a bit more like I can take myself out of the logic and be like, it's fine. It's fine. I'm sure, like, even if the picture, when the when the picture comes back when he's playing guitar on the stage, um, and they're all still in the same clothes, I'm like, well, surely that change. Surely they'd be yeah. in rich rich people clothes or whatever. But yeah, yeah no, that, yeah. So Back to the Future story is it's it's just uh, it's a classic, and I think that's the biggest compliment you can give it is that you just can't beat it, and it can't be it can't be repeated as well because like if it was made today, yeah, it would be 993, and it would just be technology that's changed, but. If it was made today, it would be 
the film would be about time it'll be about the time travel aspect of it whereas the the really clever thing about the back to the future movie it's not really about the time travel it's about being stuck in that time like if it was now it'd be like oh well i'm going to go back again i'm going to go forward again i'm going to go back and it'd be different times like all these multiverse movies it'd be about a different timeline um but whereas this kind of just kind of goes right we're doing it once and we're committing and i really enjoy that they do that which is why i don't like the sequels as much as the first one yeah, and one thing I will say, like we mentioned there about how the future changed for everyone. I want to know what Uncle Joey's doing these days. Did he still go to prison? Sure. That's what I want to know. Why Did not? he go to prison? Because that that kid yeah. had a rough time of it. Yeah, probably, but like not for not for whatever he did before, but probably some like high, like cocaine, like having cocaine or something like proper eighties like yeah. rich person uh, prison sentence. But they're bringing it up like. I love how everything's the same. The town's still a shithole. There's still graffiti everywhere, but just Marty's family's rich and successful. Yeah, they're just better themselves. Than <laughs> oh, and, oh, and Biff's all of a sudden like got like Quasimodo disease. <laughs> but um, yeah, like you said there, though, like you can rewatch it and just notice different things each time. Like even sometimes now when I watch it, I don't know, I notice things I've never noticed before. Like I was rewatching it obviously this weekend, and I noticed with the the the, the leaflet with the clock tower on that he shows the doc when they're talking about the lightning storm. Jennifer's number's not on the back anymore. Oh, is that? Because she writes it on the back, and then when he goes to show the doc later, it's gone. And I don't know if that was just a mistake or because she'd have been the first person to not, like, the first thing to happen to him was she wouldn't have been with him. So that's why they raised it. Like, I mean, they can get away with making mistakes in it because of stuff like that. But if it was done on purpose, it's quite a subtle (laughs) change. But yeah, like I said, I only noticed that for the first time this weekend. Which is crazy, but um, yeah, we'll move on then quickly to the best villain. Um, I'll let you go first here. Uh, obviously, you've got Biff, who's like the bully, any sort of bully that I'm sure many, many people have come across in their lives at some point. And then you've yeah. obviously got these crazy ass ghosts yeah, like um, Zool and Gozer yeah. in uh, Ghostbusters. So, I'll let you go first on your rating. Um, well, obviously, Ghostbusters has got loads of iconic you've got slimer you've got the staple of marshmallow man you've got the doubt the dogs you know zool in their form um and then all of like the like the the zombie cab driver and the the ones that come out the sewers and all that kind of stuff um but they're all great monsters but the villain is kind of i i i when you put villain i saw it as zool because that is the overarching villain and i was like well they come in at the end they're not that great they do a big backflip and then summon something else so i i I shockingly went back to the future because you just fucking hate biff don't you like he's such a fucking prick (laughs) yeah like he very good at what he's supposed to because the moment you see him like when he's an adult you just you just know this is the kind of guy i cannot stand and then you go back uh back in time another huey lewis and the news song you go back in time and uh he's just even fucking worse like obviously there's the the attempted rape scene, which was just a casual family film in the eighties, uh, but like the attempted rape scene, and he hate you, know, you hate him there, you hate him in the school cafeteria, yeah. I, he, but you have that pure satisfaction when he gets knocked into the truck and all the all the like the manure goes all over him, and any kind of moment that you know, like when he gets punched or or whatever, it, it it it's just satisfying. Whereas Ghostbusters, it's it's fun. It's again. It's like part of the moments. It's part of the humor. But 
it's not so as I don't think it's as satisfying because you've got that build up throughout the entire film with Back to the Future, whereas you're just hearing the names all, hearing the names all, and then they just turn up and then they're gone almost immediately. It's almost like they serve the other jokes or the other the other moments. So that's why I went fifth because let's be honest, it's fucking it's so hateable. Like he wouldn't get hired. <laughs> No, definitely not. Um, but I agree, actually. I went 10-9 in Bish's favour as well. But mostly because I think in Ghostbusters' side, I think it hurts them how many like monsters and villains there are. You yeah. could even say that William Atherton's character is a villain. Like, yeah, and he is great, but he's just every other 80s pencil pusher that was against yeah. the, the heroes. And I didn't kind of... It's, it's just another, yeah, it's just another moment for me. But he's fan, yeah. a fantastic character. Cool. Yeah, he's brilliant. Um, but yeah, I think because with Biff, it feel, he feels, obviously, it's a film about time travel, but he feels real, like everyone's come across a Biff at some point. Everyone can yeah. relate to a Biff being around and just being a pain in the ass. And like, like you said, that satisfaction at the end when after all the terrorising he's done, even in the future we see him terrorising, 30 years later, he's still the same guy. So when we finally see George just knock his fucking head off, like that is such a satisfying <laughs> moment. Like it's so good. Like you said, he's not even just a bully. He's essentially a rapist. Like 100%. He's 100% yeah, a rapist. So he's <laughs> not, just, he's not just a standard bully. But like, I think because he's got, he's given the chance to show a personality as well. Whereas the monsters and Ghostbusters don't really get that chance. Yeah. Other than like a couple of the lines that um, Sigourney Weaver comes out with when she's possessed. But other than yeah. that, I think there's not really much time spent on them. Whereas Biff has quite a bit of like um uh personality to showcase. So I went 10-9 in Biff's favour as well. Which again is crazy because Tom Wilson does a really good job, but like I said, I've never seen him in anything else. No. No, I struggle to I actually struggle to fix with anything else to be fair. But it's like moments like when um uh, is it in the is it in the diner? I think it's in the diner. Where like Martin McFly goes to stand up to him, and then he looks up and he's like, "Oh yeah," because he looks over his shoulder, doesn't he? Because he, he's like built, he's like built like a brick shit house, and uh, he's like, "It's just moments like that where you're like, yeah, it is a is a great villain." Um, yeah, he is. Uh, speaking of Biff, though, this is just random and has nothing to do. But I found out today when I was at um, Haven. My you were the bit, year... you were the bunny, is that what you're gonna say? No, but my second year at Haven, uh, my second year, my first year as an assistant manager in the uh, the bar, one of the lads there was doing um performing arts, and he's just announced today that he's playing Biff on the West End's Back to the Future the musical stuff. Like really? he's just announced it today. So shout so out to Jordan Pearson. Yeah, shout out to him. Like fair play, that's that's <laughs> awesome for him. That's like, pretty great. Um, yeah, so I just thought I'd bring that up then. It felt like the right time, but um, well, well done to him. Yeah, so next we'll go with the best song. Obviously, both movies are very, very synonymous with one song and one song yeah. only. Yeah. Um, but obviously, they've both got a couple of other decent songs, um, but they're primarily known for like the main one, which are the ones that kick in right at the beginning. Back to the Future's obviously got The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the News, and Ghostbusters has got Ghostbusters by, is it Ray Parks Jr.? Ray Parker Jr., yeah. Ray Parker Jr. And um, they're just both iconic. Like, both yeah. songs are so, so good. And I think with Ghostbusters, it's hard to ever hear that song without thinking of that film now. Like, well, and it's, it's called Ghostbusters. That's very true. But I think whereas <laughs> The Power of Love, I think there's people that like that song that don't even have never even watched Back to the Future. I think that's yeah, extended yeah. beyond the film now. 
And um, I think because of that, I went 10 9 in favor of The Power of Love because that song is one of my favorite songs ever. Why did you 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 disagree? Well, yeah, I'm going uh, 10 9 to Ghostbusters, obviously. (laughs) And I think it's because, like, what you say, like, obviously, I'm judging it because we're ranking the movie, so I'm judging it against the movie um, rather than. But you're right. No, you know, you're right. Power of Love, people can love it. It's one of the best 80s songs, you know, because 80s songs don't have different genres. It's just 80s songs. My favourite genre. It's my favourite genre of music. Um, But, man, Ghostbusters. You hear that, like, even without the the, the real song kind of beginning, you know, like with the the guitar, like, gently, like, scraping over the top and the build-up before even the drums come on, you know what it is. Like, every Halloween party you've ever been to, you're gonna you're gonna dance the Ghostbusters at some point, you know. You've got the drums come in, the drums are amazing, and then just have you ever seen the Ghostbusters music video as well? I think I've seen it like so not without paying too much attention to it, but I feel like I've seen it at some point. It's so fucking weird, but it, again, it's it's pretty great. But like you say, you can't listen to Ghostbusters or even the drums or even like a single note of Ghostbusters without thinking this is fucking Ghostbusters and you immediately know what it is and it immediately gets into you. It gets into your brain and once it's in your brain, it don't get out. But Power of Love is a fantastic song too, but I don't always associate it with Back to the Future because I've heard it in other stuff. I do just, because I liked that song before. Maybe that's the difference. I liked that song before I saw Back to the Future. But <laughs> re-watching back, I was like, oh, so we're just going to use this one song over and over again. <laughs> and then uh, um, Back in Time comes on at the end, and I love that too. Uh, but yeah, go, I mean, Ghostbusters is a great song. Also, you might want to change the score after this, Cal. You know me better than you know most people who are going to be listening to this, but you can't mix... Power of Love, Hugh Lewis and the News with Gangnam Style, but you can do it quite easily with a Ghostbusters song, as you as you well know. That's sort of, that's not, I think that's where I got PTSD with that song. That's why I can never <laughs> really hide. You're, you're gonna just uh, just wipe that uh, score away from it. All right, fair enough. But yeah, I, that's why I went Ghostbusters. Yeah, I mean, it's great. They're both great songs. That's another one where I was like, oh, fuck, this is a fucking hard decision, but it's Ghostbusters, man. You you can't you can't not. The thing is, as well, like I think. Both songs were written for the films. Like we need yeah. to do that more these days. We need more songs specifically for movies. Like it's because Will, Will Smith. They're not casting Will Smith as a lead anymore. We need Wild. Well, yeah. We need Wild Wild West again. We need uh, Men in Black. Yeah. We need it yeah, all. They, no, they don't anymore, do they? Like, like you even think them. like the Goonies had Cindy Lauper in it, and yeah, it was just incredible. <laughs> like, give me more films. Even uh, the Breakfast Club with um, yeah. Don't You Forget About Me. Like, why can't films do that anymore? Yeah, I think the, the, the probably I mean there's definitely been more, but the one the one I can most recently think of, if you're not counting Peaches for Mario, is like when Deadpool two got Mariah Carey to do the ballad. Oh, I can't yeah. remember what it's fucking called, but like just yeah, more of that. Like where's where's Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer by yeah. Will Smith at the end? Yeah, that's what we need. Or just like if Will Smith and Danny song. Although speaking of songs, have you? I heard the clip earlier of um, Ryan Gosling's song in Barbie. Have you heard it? I'm, I'm, I don't want it. I'm going in blind. Uh, I, it I've is a got, good song. It is a good I've song. I've already got my outfit ready for Barbie. I'm bringing the Kennedy. I I'm ready. It's a good song. I tell you, if we <laughs> if, if, if you do want to do this again, 100%. we need to, an episode on Barbie and Oppenheimer has to happen. 
deal. That deal. that's the Monday, that after, the Monday like, after it's released, deal. Yeah. To be fair, that felt like the one that was like the catalyst on this idea. Like, yeah. so I feel like it has to be because everyone's going to compare them anyway. And like the whole Barbenheimer thing is really taken off. So yeah, I mean has. that has to happen. It's going to be a fun week. Anyway, enough yeah. of the sidetrack. Um, so, yeah, I went 10-9 Power Love. You went 10-9 Ghostbusters. Uh, next, and probably one of the toughest for me, is the best quotes. Which movie has the best quotes? Because while I think on the surface, I thought there was way, way, way more for Back to the Future. I was actually surprised re-watching Ghostbusters, just how many quotable lines there were. So yep. this was actually much tougher than I expected. So I'll let you go first. Uh, I had the same thing where I went in watching Back to the Future thinking, this has got loads. This has got loads of quotes. But it actually didn't. Like, there's, there's quite a few, like, it's heavy and all that kind of stuff. And um, obviously the, 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 the best one is at the end with uh, where we're going, we don't need Rose and all that kind of stuff. There were some great lines in it, like like I said earlier, like uh, when he when he sees his dad up in the tree, and he's like he's a peeping tom, and I think, but it's not it's not like a classic line. Um, there is there is quite a quite a lot of him, like, but it's not it's not the quotes, it's the performance, like at one point twenty one uh, gigawatts, and he's like grabbing his hair, and he's like bloody basically passing out around the the, the garage. But it's like I say, it's not the quotes, it's really the it's. It's the performance of how they do it. Like Michael J. Fox's voice as Martin McFly, like really sells a lot of it because he's a proper whiny teenager. Like he's yeah. proper whiny, and he like he sells it. Like I don't know how Eric Stoltz would have done it, but he proper sells it. And same with Doc. Like Doc does it all the time. Um, but yeah, I mean Ghostbusters. I I, I made it. Like I'm not a person that you know me. I don't take notes. I wing a lot of stuff. But I had to take notes for the best ones because there's just fucking so many. They're like, you know, back off, man, I'm a scientist right at the beginning. But the whole bit at the end when he's explaining to the mayor, like um, cats and dogs living together, like mass hysteria. Like, don't cross the streams. That's the big Twinkie. Um, my absolute favourite. Oh, you got like the, are you the key master? I'm the gatekeeper and all that kind of stuff. And um, like, we're ready to believe you in the advert, but which is very synonymous with Ghostbusters. But... My absolute, it's a very small one, and I have used it a fair few times whenever it pops up. But my favourite one at the is in the mayor's office again, and it's um, it's when uh, the mayor's asking the Ghostbusters what's happened. And uh, I think and I Ray's know, like, I think I know which one you mean. I yeah, wrote this one Ray, down specifically. It made me laugh out loud. It raised like um, it was going like something like it was going well until Dickless here turned off the power grid, and the mayor's like, "Is this true?" And Peter Venkman says. It is true. This man has no dick. <laughs> yeah, because I wrote that one down because it really because I forgot it after the first time I watched it. So when I rewatched it, and because it is like really funny because obviously he says that like everything was going fine until Dick was turned off the yeah. grid, and then um, Walter Peck's like, "Oh, they caused an explosion." And then the maze like, "Is this true?" And you think like you, you just you just think they're going to try to defend themselves, and then when uh Bill Moore is like, yeah, it's true, he has no dig. Like that shit, it actually made me laugh out loud. But I like... uh, also I think maybe the mayor's office brings the best ones because it's when um uh, Ernie Hudson uh character is like when Winston's like asking shit that'll turn you white. I'm like fucking hell, what a classic line. Yeah, he had another great one when um 
he first goes to the job and uh, Janine's like, do you believe in like UFOs and like astral projections and mental telepathy and stuff? And he says, ah, there's like a steady paycheck and I believe anything you say. Like the guy just wants to earn some money. Like he's ready for it. And I love that. That There are some really funny lines. So uh, yeah, it was, is that a 10 nine for Ghostbusters? Did you say? Yeah, 100%. So I actually scored this a tie. I actually went 10, 10 because Ooh. I couldn't, I couldn't separate oh. because because half of the ones that Bill Murray alone comes out with are just yeah. absolute gold. Like, um, what is it when um, Sigourney Weaver's trying to like flirt with him and like when she's t- been taken over and she's like, I want you inside me. And he's like, oh, no, it sounds like you got two or three people in there already. Yeah. <laughs> but when like he's like, she's trying to on with him and he's like, oh, I make it a rule to never get involved with possessed people. And then when she starts kissing her, he's like, oh, it's actually more of a guideline than a rule. <laughs> like his lines are just about being horny as hell. They're incredible. It's not even, not always is the words he says. It's that bit when uh, she comes out of the uh, music hall with a friend. And it camera just cuts and he's doing that little kicking walk across the thing. It's not even a line, but I'm classing that as a quote. It's just fucking brilliant. He's just <laughs> everything that comes out of his mouth is, is pure gold. Got Bill to where he's gonna be. That's you what I was saying. Bill Murray just fucking rocks. Well, yeah, that is very, very true. But I think my favorite line, which is really on like really off like track, and like it's not one you really pay much attention to, but it's when they first go to the apartment. And she says, like, when she's telling him what's happened, she says, that's the bedroom, but nothing ever happened in there. And he's like, what a crime. (laughs) No worry, just killed me in it. So that's that's why I had it tied, because before going in, there's so many Batch of the Future ones that are just synonymous with it now. And, like, I've spent, I feel like, the last 13 years of my life just quoting that film with my best friend Simo like the line when he's like Doc are you telling me you build a time machine out of a DeLorean and yeah. when Doc's like oh the way I see it if you're going to build a time machine why not do it with some style <laughs> stuff like that and like um, when the, when the Doc first uses the time machine and he sends Einstein a minute forwards and Marty's like where the hell are they and Doc's like the, the appropriate question is when the hell are they and it's yeah. like at that point you're like gosh here we go but I've got a special shout out because there's one obviously Biff says um, make like a tree really? yeah, apparently Tom Wilson ad libbed that line he came up with it on the spot and that I, love, is- I love that I went to I went to do the quote then and said the actual quote when when all of my life even before seeing Back to the Future I've said let's make like a tree and get out of here yeah that's it like it's so iconic, and then obviously it calls back in the second one when the older version tells him off for it. Yeah, he's like, "It's leave you idiot." <laughs> but there's some really good ones. Um, obviously there's the one when the first about to use the time machine, and Doc says to Marty, "He's like, oh, if my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles an hour, you're gonna see some serious <laughs> shit." It's like even just hearing the Doc swear, I was like, "Oh, fuck, here we are." Yeah, and there's the the one that's become a a, a meme of uh, you know. You guys aren't ready for it yet, but your kids are gonna love it. Yeah, that one's that one's probably one of the most iconic with the yeah. roads where we're going. We don't need roads, but yeah. um, obviously, the, just the phrase "Great Scott." Yeah, well, yeah, never yeah. heard that anywhere else nah. ever. And I'll give one last final shout out because I've got this tight ten ten. But when he first asked Martin who the president is in the nineteen eighties, he says Ronald Reagan. He's like Ronald Reagan, the actor. Who's the vice president? Jerry Lewis. <laughs> I loved it so much. Yeah, I really, I really, really love that film and that those quotes. But I think the Batch of Future ones for me feel more iconic, but the Ghostbusters ones are just really, really, really funny. So it was yeah. it was too hard to separate them. So I actually went tied, which feels a bit cheap to be honest. But 
I couldn't in good conscience go one way or the other. Uh, so next, this one was a bit random, but it's because obviously both films centre on a, a very specific machine. Yeah. Obviously, Back to the Future is all about the DeLorean. That's how they get back in time. Whereas Ghostbusters, the final face of it, it's all about the pro. Is it the Proton Pack? Is that what it was Proton called? Pack, yeah. yeah. And um, so both films have these very, very specific scientific equipment that just yeah. don't exist. Um, and are very like synonymous with the film. So I thought it would be cool to just like go through them and see which ones we think are better. Yeah. Um, originally, the time machine in Back to the Future was supposed to be a fridge. So thank God they changed it. I didn't know it. that. Yeah, yeah. The original plan was a fridge and Einstein was supposed to be a chimpanzee. <laughs> but they changed it. And I think if you don't change it to a car, I don't think Back to the Future is Back to the Future. No. I think, I think the shot of, of the him, charm of it. Yeah, the shot of him is the driving. It's and even at the end, I, what's he going to do? Just pull up outside his house in a fucking fridge? Like, what the hell? Doesn't make sense. So I think changing that was synonymous with the film, and I think because of that and the DeLorean, how iconic it is, I had to go uh, ten nine in favor of Back to the Future because while the proton pack is obviously really important to the story, I think that could you could change that to any sort of device that could do something similar, and it wouldn't matter. Whereas Back to the Future, it, yeah. like I said, it almost was something else, and it wouldn't have been the same movie. It had to be a car. I mean, it could have been any car, but DeLorean... I think the fact that it was a failure, like, Del- was it, sure DeLorean was failing at the time. Yeah. It was, like, basically going under. That's why they got it so cheap. Yeah, there was a cool story. Um, I think it was, once the film came out, the, the owner of the DeLorean brand uh, wrote a letter to Steven Spielberg thanking him because really? the stock and, like, interest just went sky high on them. Yeah. Um, like you said, it's a car that no one, like, no one ever drives a DeLorean. If it was like a Ford or a Ferrari, it's a bit different, but it's a DeLorean that's now known for nothing else but that yeah. film. So I went 10-9 in favour of the DeLorean just for how iconic it was. It was tough because I had a proton pack as a kid. Like it was a little plastic, just a blue plastic one you put on, you stuck a bit of foam in, you twizzled it and that foam just went around. Like that proton pack is absolutely beautiful. But I couldn't in good conscience not give it to the DeLorean. Like I'm going 10 to Back to the Future. I was tempted to message you being like, I don't think it's fair to put the Proton Pack against the DeLorean. Let's do the, the Ecto-1 car versus the DeLorean. But even then, I was like, it's still got to go to the fucking DeLorean, hasn't it? Like, it's, it's just an iconic car. Like, the look of it, with all the all the stuff attached to it, when the light, when it's going back in time, all the lightning bolts are, are going past it, which, by the way, I know we've got a visual, but I'll wait till we get to visual effects, but it just looks so fucking good. And yeah. You can't argue it. And at the end, like I remember watching it, and I didn't know this watching it at the end. Of, I didn't know the ending to Back to the Future. Uh, I didn't know the, you know, where we're going. We don't need any roads. When I watched it in my mid t- uh, mid twenties, but at the end, when it's like the the wheels just turn up and then just starts flying, like, oh, it's so fucking cool. Like, yeah. So you you can't you can't in good I can't in good conscience, even with my love of Ghostbusters, give it to anything other than the DeLorean because it's such an iconic car. Yeah, and it's like um, when I went to watch Back to the Future, the musical last year, they obviously have the DeLorean on stage. And for the mm. most part, it's like quite cool, like the way they have it driving around the stage to get to 88 miles an hour. But at the end, with that final scene, it actually like somehow, I don't know how they do it. I can't see strings or anything, but it floats and it comes out towards the audience and it turns in the air like this. That's and it was cool. like, I don't know what the hell's happening there. I don't know how they're doing it, but I'm almost in tears. <laughs> That's cool. But, yeah, it was, yeah, I mean, if you think of like films in cars, you've got like, like, you got Night Rider and 
the A team van. Like their TV show, so I'm already failing at this. But you know, in terms of iconic, like if Herbie. you were to list iconic cars in, you are Herbie fully loaded. Yeah, Herbie, and like it goes Herbie, Lightning McQueen, the Back to the Future DeLorean, and yeah. I, like you cannot. You, Don't let Marvel hear you say that. You just, the, you just like the DeLorean of Ron Wilson. I don't, I don't know if Martha's going to appreciate that. I'm sure. I'm sure she'll uh, be fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in terms of films, uh, cars in a film, there's nothing, nothing, absolutely nothing better than the, the DeLorean. And yeah, you can't argue. Yeah, I don't think anybody can argue against that. I'm actually surprised that you didn't mention this um, because it's like for me, it's the DeLorean and the Batmobile. Oh yeah, shit. Yeah, the Batmobile. Pretty fucking. Yeah, but I. Yeah, but I. Well, there's been too many different iterations, though, isn't it? Like, I think the thing with the Batmobile is there's been too many different versions, so it's like they don't feel like the same car. And everybody's got, like, their opinions on Batman. Everybody's got the wrong opinion because they should all be picking Ben Affleck. So I agree with you on that one. What is your Simo? If you're listening, mate, you were wrong. Ben Affleck's amazing. Yeah, absolutely. That's a terrible take from him. Um, so yeah, we, we both went 10 9 for the DeLorean, yeah. We did cool. So, I think we just got two categories left. So, next, you just alluded to it then, but we'll go get straight to it, which is like the special slash visual effects. Yeah. Um, I'll let you go first on this one, but this one again, I really am not about because at one point I was thinking it was one way, and then next I was switching over to the other. And even now, I'm not quite sure which which way I want to give you're it. Just gonna, you're just going to wait until I finish talking. You're just going to go where you go. I'm like, yeah, let's see if you can sway me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, Ghostbusters. It's, you know, you've got the go. There's only, like I said to you earlier, there's a very few moments in that film that don't still hold up. Like the ghost, the librarian at the beginning, like when they come out of the sewer, Slimer looks amazing. Like there's a bit in it when you first meet Slimer and he's he's flying away from him and he takes the trolley with him and then the trolley hits the wall as he hits the wall and as he hits the wall he just kind of disperses and there's this slime there already like and I I know enough about movies to kind of know how that happens but I'm still like how the fuck did they do that and like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man being a guy in a suit like on a fake stage and like all that's built up that's just a guy in a suit it's not a puppet or anything until the end when his face does that amazing like ah and, and all that kind of stuff but like the, the special effects and what i was going to say with the delorean uh, and it happens in back to, uh, uh, ghostbusters as well is what i really miss from modern movies and why 80s movies have such a fucking charm to him is that hand-drawn special effects so like hand-drawn lightning hand-drawn like particle effects so like when slimer hits the wall it looks almost like a cartoon like smoke coming out it's just got such a charm to it but back to the future i so yeah so there's only one kind of moment that only that ever sticks out to me with ghostbusters that's like that's that's special effects and that's when the dogs are running and i, was, like, I thought the exact same it, thing when i rewatched it and the it dogs running like was the somebody, only bit i thought looked terrible it just looks like somebody's put it on top and just kind of done that maybe with like a stick or something um whereas Back to the Future, that happens a lot. I love Back to the Future. I love the special effects in it. But when the car goes and they stutter over the flames, you can clearly see it's like they're not there. And <laughs> the bit, it really, really made me laugh. Uh, but the bit in when he's disappearing um, and he goes to look at his hand, he looks at his hand normally and then it cuts and he goes like that. And it's like, you can clearly see that it's not, it's not, um, not really there and i get like it's probably you know budget and all that kind of stuff but 
I do love when he, the DeLorean goes back in time or forward in time, whenever in time, and you've got the sparks, that hand-drawn spark, it looks beautiful. Um, but, I mean, Ghostbusters is very effects heavy, so it's already got a, um, it's got an edge on on Back to the Future, but you've got the costumes, you've got the, the look of the dogs, you've got the special effect, the ghosts, the, the hand-drawn stuff, even Zool's like, design, and like having the big bad monster at the end be just like this soft, smiley uh, marshmallow man, and the design of it, it's just, fantastic and yeah i just don't think you can you can do much better than ghostbusters especially for that for that time and i just think it's a classic i do like I say special effects in back to the future they always look like especially that that takes that always takes me out of it the special effects except when the cars are traveling in time whereas ghostbusters i just forget until the dog runs <laughs> i always just forget but yeah so i went uh 10 9 to, to ghostbusters obviously so I mean, this is one I really under. Use your gut. Go with your gut, Cal. No, uh, right I will. I will. I mean, I'm not going to show it because I've written down, but I do have it 10-9 in favor of Ghostbusters, um, because like there's obviously in Back to the Future there is the stuff with the DeLorean, like you said, with the lightning and stuff, which looks really good. Um, and so, but aside from that, the only really good stuff is the way they age the characters up in the yeah, in like yeah, yeah. in the 80s. I think the way they age them up, it, it's I don't know how they, like it's really effective and it doesn't look like <laughs> fake. I don't get it. Like sometimes I see it and then when they actually go back and I see young Lorraine, I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like I just assume she's more like like mid thirties as an actress. And then when I actually see the character, I'm like, oh my God. Like it's, it gets me every single time. Like I think the makeup they use is really, really good. Like even Biff, like he looks yeah. no, like, you can tell it's the same guy, but it almost looks nothing like him. Like it's bizarre. Um, yeah. And it's really, really good. And obviously in the second one, they do a good job with makeup again because they fooled a lot of people into thinking Crispin Glover was in the film and he just he wasn't even in it. It was someone else. But um, I went Ghostbusters because I think, like you said then, the special effects and the visual effects, it's just a bit, it's much more elaborate. It's not as simple as putting makeup on someone. Like some of the the way the ghosts look like, the Slimer and stuff like that, like they look really good for the time. And the Marshmallow Man at the end is... Like that could be in a film now and it wouldn't look dated, I don't think. Like I think that has aged really well. And like I said, the only bit that really stood out to me as bad was the bit with the dogs on the roof. Like when I first when I saw that again yesterday, because I was like, this is actually like all aged wonderfully. And I saw that and I was like, okay, maybe not all of it. Yeah. <laughs> like that it's like Jurassic, it's like Jurassic Park. You can watch Jurassic Park and be like, this hasn't aged at all. But then there's I can't remember this the shot, but there's one shot in Jurassic Park where you're just like, Ugh! and then it's just back to normal again. It's fantastic. But there's like, yeah, there's little bits in Ghostbusters where like Slime is drinking the wine and it's just pouring, you can see it go through and it's pouring through him. And it's just like, that's such a, I know what that special effect is. Like, it's such a simple one, but just really effectively done. And yeah, the beginning yeah. when, the, when, the, when the librarian goes from librarian to, to monster and it's done so seamlessly and the, the puppet of it is great. I've got, the, I've got a behind the scenes book and all the, the puppets are fantastic. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely Ghostbusters. Yeah, I I agree. Um, there's no, I don't. I mean, it was hard uh, to decide, but I think when you look at what they did in Ghostbusters and like the things they had to do to create those sorts of visuals, it doesn't quite compare because Back to the Future felt much more simplistic. Like it was apart from the DeLorean, and then like yeah, just it was just the aging factor that I think really stood out the, well. The like, aging is really good, though. I remember being like blown away that the it was the same actors like how the, yeah how, the, how did they do that 
I think the only I one think the, the mummy is the, the mummy is the one that does it. They, they do it best to because yeah. she looks haggard at the, at the beginning, and then when you yeah. see her for the first time, you're like, Whew. yeah, yeah. They do a great job with her. I mean, they didn't have to do much with Christopher Lowe because I think that guy's looked sixty five for the last forty five years. Like, did, I don't understand. He looks the did same they, now. Did they make him look older in the present? Or did, yeah, they did. Because I was trying to figure it out. I'm like, I'm sure he, he's got prosthetics on. But I can't tell because he just looks old regardless, no matter yeah, what age he is. That's the thing, like you watch him in the modern, like the eighties, and you think that's the version you remember. But then you yeah. go back, it's like, oh wait, no, he actually looks younger. Like yeah. it's, it is quite wild. But like even now, I think he looks exactly the same. Like if you did back oh, yeah. to now, you obviously can't use Michael J. Fox, but you could probably get away with using Christopher. You could probably Lloyd get away with it. Yeah, he was he in. He was age. in the. He was in the recent like series of The Mandalorian, and he's 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 just the same guy. Like obviously a little bit older. Like you can tell in his voice a bit, but it's just it's just Doc. It's just Doc Brown, man. Like and he yeah. will always be like he will always be Doc as well. Yeah, I think the uh, the thing with him is he didn't even want to take the role at first, but I'm like it's so good he did because yeah. he, and now he loves it. Like he, I think he's he really celebrates the fact he did it, and you can't ever imagine anyone else playing Doc Brown at this point, which is uh, why I gave him best cast. Just that I'd like to remind you. <laughs> Uh, All right. All but now right. we're on the final category which is it feels like it's a good one to end with which is obviously like the legacy of the franchises in terms of like sequels well, a, good one, a good one would be to end with Cal would be the conclusion because we've not done that one either <laughs> did we not? no <laughs> oh, and we just missed it out <laughs> well we can end on the conclusion that's alright yeah that makes sense actually end on the conclusion I, how did I, do, I forgot we missed that we'll go legacy and then we'll go conclusion then uh, as if we missed close that I didn't even miss that I've literally gone through my list I must have just accidentally skipped it on my way down it's fine um, but yeah, we'll mean I get final thoughts <laughs> uh, yeah so we'll go legacy first um, I think it's, uh, it's me up now um, it is so with the Ghostbusters, what's hard for me is I don't particularly like any of the sequels apart from Afterlife. Yeah. Like, the I'm second sorry. one and then the reboot, I couldn't take to. I think Afterlife is genuinely a really, really good movie and I really enjoyed. Um, whereas Back to the Future, I actually really like all three films. And I think the third one is criminally underrated. I think changing... The second one felt quite samey to the first, so I think mixing up with the third and taking it to the West was a really good twist. And ending the second one, kind of leading into the third, where Marty gets stuck in the past, and then that a man arrives with a letter for him, says, "Oh, I was told you'd be here." Yeah. And it's like a letter from the dock in eighteen eighty five. Like it was such a good way to end the film. So I think the way they tied all three of those films together for me, uh, and then you include like the ride they used to have at Universal. They obviously had that the TV shows and stuff like that. And for me, yeah. it doesn't compare. Um, I went 10-9 in favour of Back to the Future. So it wasn't too one-sided, not as one-sided as it possibly could have been because I really didn't like the two middle Ghostbusters films. But um, Afterlife, I think, is incredible. Um, Afterlife is incredible. And I know they're doing a sequel to that, and I really look forward to that. So I couldn't be too negative on it because that film surprised me. I didn't didn't expect to like that film half as much as I did. So, yeah, it was a little closer than it might have been without Afterlife. But, um, yeah, I went 10-9 in favour of Back to the Future. I am going to be a bit of a son of a bitch here, and I give it a 10-10. Ah, oh, did you? Yeah, and it's hard because because uh, Back to the Future is one of those 
perfect trilogies in my eyes. You've got this, this a, a, there's a few perfect trilogies, and Back to the Future is 100% one of them. Like, all of those films are fantastic. It, like, the second one does feel samey, but I think that comes from the fact that it treads, it retreads the same story. Like, it goes back, literally goes back to, you know, the, the first film and goes over those moments again, which it does. But, and then I think the third one's criminally underrated as well. And people always kind of go, well, not the third one. But yeah, the third one is fantastic. I, it's one of those few trilogies like, you know, Indiana Jones and Star Wars. And for me, Pirates of the Caribbean is a perfect trilogy because we don't, we don't talk about those other two. Um, but, and it's one of them, and we've talked about it before, you can't remake Back to the Future. And if you do, it won't work at all. It's it's just a perfect movie. It reminds um, me, did you see the um, little thing online after Endgame? And I think people were like editing Tom Holland and Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. Like we should do this. And I was like, no, we. But that's what shouldn't. it is. And that's that's the problem. That's what it'd be now. It'd be let's get two big stars because it's a big film. Let's get two big stars and let's try doing it. But then they change too much of it. And while I'm gonna I'm gonna shit on my own argument a little bit. That's kind of why. I mean, I like. Ghostbusters answer the call with Melissa McCarthy and Kevin Kidder. I like that more than most people, um, but it's not a Ghostbusters movie because they change they change too much of it. Um, for it. They change the soul of what the Ghostbusters is. So, but like I said to you earlier, Ghostbusters two, I'll probably watch that more as a kid than I did Ghostbusters one. And I've got so much love for that movie. And Ghostbusters Afterlife is such a heartbreaking movie in, the, in such a positive way um, that I couldn't not. That and I started thinking about legacy, and I know you said you know the films, but I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on a bit of a rant here. But like, Back to the Future's got it's got the cartoon, it's got video games, it's got comics, it's got the stage show, which is obviously like a huge legacy, and everybody loves Back to the Future. You've got the DeLorean, you've got people dressing up. Like when it got to the gear uh, that was on the picture, like everybody was like, "This is when we right, come on guys, we've got to start dressing up like this next year." And everybody knows Back to the Future, and similarly. Uh, I couldn't not give it to Ghostbusters for that same reason. You've got like extreme Ghostbusters, you've got the video games, you've got the comics, you've got um, all that kind of stuff. And also with Ghostbusters, you've got, same as DeLoreans, like people buy DeLoreans to make them look like the movies, to then like take them to charity shows, like charity events and stuff like that. Like and Ghostbusters, like we've had, we had, you know, some um, at work where people dress up as Ghostbusters and go to like conventions and do a lot of stuff for charity. And I don't think you can argue either of the leg. I think Back to the Future wins for me more on legacy of the films because they're all perfect. And Ghostbusters won on the legacy of what it means to people. So I I, I, I fought myself so hard on this one. And I nearly gave it to Back to the Future because she said it was about the films. But then I thought, fuck you, I'm scoring it. I can do whatever I want. So, I'm gonna, so I was like, you can't argue the legacy of what Ghostbusters brings to me. Because you see somebody in that jumpsuit, it just brings you joy. Like I got to wear it was like, do you want to wear mine? I was like, uh, yeah. And I thought, oh, it's, it's going to be dead light. Blah, blah, blah. I put it on. Like, oh, you know. And I nearly fell over. So, um, and it just brings out, it's just that pure joy of it, isn't it? Like, you, everybody wanted to be a Ghostbuster. Everybody wanted a DeLorean. I don't think you can argue the legacy of either of them. They, they, you think of 80s movies, and if you don't think of those two almost immediately, there's something wrong with it. Do you know what I mean? It's it, it's just fantastic. So I went 10-10 because I... I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't. Carl just couldn't. 
He's not even in the middle of a mental break now trying to explain <laughs> that. I, was like, I, was, I genuinely was like, this is what I was saying to you. I, I put on Back to the Future and I thought, fuck, this is going to be harder than I thought. And, and then when it came to the like talking about the legacy thing, I was like, I, I genuinely can't decide. And you've always got that, like, you've got the bias of loving Back to the Future as a kid, and I've got the bias of loving Ghostbusters as a kid. But, like, you, you can't argue either of them. Like, if I, I, you wanted to be more important in Fly as a kid, I, if I was a kid and watched that, Still I'd still do. Well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think in your in your heart you are, mate. <laughs> yeah, I'd like to I want I want, to do, I want I want a pink Mattel hoverboard and like self tying shoes, and but I also want a proton pack and, and a Ecto one. So yeah, you can't argue the the legacy of either of them. Yeah, and, and it's also when you think about how much money they both made and how successful they were. Like, how often these days do you just see like an original story? be made into a film yeah. and just make money like that. I don't feel like there is. We get like oh, yeah. comic books and video game adaptations or sequels, legacy sequels. There's nothing nowadays that just comes out and just like captures that sort of zeitgeist and just takes off. Like you don't get it now. It's sad. Because those two films are like Raiders of the Lost Ark in the 80s like just and The Goonies. It's like films Goonies. that are based on nothing. There's no source material. They're just incredible. You know, we need more of that. Agreed. Agreed. No, I've got no argument there. Agreed. And like, even, Go, even, Go, even Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife, like, is successful because it's pulling on the heartstrings, but it it works enough on its own as a sequel without going too much. I think the only the only egregious moment is they just turn up out of nowhere uh, at the end. That's the only egregious like crime that that does. But even then, it's like it's doing it right. It's doing it with love. It's not doing it to make it, that movie wasn't made to make money. That movie was made because um, director Jason Ryman loved Ghostbusters. His dad directed it, so he obviously grew up with it. And he loved that movie, he loved that franchise. And that's why you can't do that's why you can't do Back to the Future now, I don't think. Because people love it, but it's 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 done, it's perfect. You don't need to. And if you do, you're gonna end up Matrix four in it and ruining my dreams. Yeah. Uh, just a quick one before we go on to the last category then. Yes. Had you watched Back to the Future before they got to 2015? Yeah, yeah. So you would watched it before we reached the date that he went. Yeah, I must, I must have done. So I must have been early twenties. Yeah, oh, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember when he, um, I'd been because it was one my, my actual first year working on a holiday park, and I just moved out. I was nineteen. If that makes you feel older, um, Good, and I'd I'd worked three consecutive weeks that day. I think I was like twenty one days in a row, and my first day off was that day. So I sat. In my caravan on this holiday park, where uh, I think it was like a twelve pack of Budweiser, and I just watched the trilogy alone, and it was probably <laughs> the most content I've ever been in my entire life. I believe you. It was a hell of an experience. Um, but yeah, we'll move on then to the clothes, which apparently I just decided to skip over earlier. Um, but it worked out well in the end. Yeah, it is the best place to do it. I mean, it would have been better if we opened with the opening, but we didn't. We went with cash to start off. Who um, needs the opening? But um, yeah, talking about the clothes. You've obviously got in Ghostbusters. I think it's quite an abrupt ending, actually, because it's once everything's finished, they vanquish the monsters and stuff. It kind of just they celebrate for like what thirty seconds, and it's all well, celebrate over the credits, don't they? Really? Yeah. So in the credits, it shows them all celebrating, and then like there's obviously the bits where it shows each person long enough for them to have the name. Like that is as eighties as you can get. <laughs> Whereas in Back to the Future, obviously the ending is. Marty thinking it's it's everything's great now. He goes to see Jennifer and they're about to leave, and then all of a sudden, Doc shows up, and it ends on a cliffhanger where it's like, "Oh, we need to go to the future, your kids." Like, it's they, they, they're essentially in a bit of which, shit. 
which is kind of brave in the 80s really to like because back it back then sequels i, I mean I, I wasn't alive for that kind of time but back then i thought you were like, about 15 when back to the future came out where uh <laughs> back then like sequels weren't that great like yeah obviously empire and stuff but the sequels weren't the the money makers so to end on a cliffhanger i mean it, it still works on its own you could just kind of be like oh and they're gonna go off on adventures um but it's quite brave to be like right okay yeah and apparently they didn't when they did it they didn't have plans to make a sequel no, i don't yeah, know how true that, that yeah. can be but it did take four years as well like the end like that and then back to the future part two doesn't come for another four years so it is a hell of a cliffhanger to wait on yeah. but i think the ending it's just it's just as exciting as the rest of the movie. Like you said, it's instead of having like the quite, like you think you get in the nice ending where he sees his family and everyone's doing better apart from uncle Joey, who's apparently still rotting behind bars, but like, um, and then you see Jennifer and they have the nice living room, but then like you, that should be where it ends. And all of a sudden the doc's saying, it's like, no, nah, we need to go. And then that's when he gives the icon. Well, first he puts the, like the banana peel and stuff into the DeLorean for fusion. Oh yeah. Cause he's changed it to a Mr. Fusion. <laughs> yeah. And then it's the line where, with the roads, where we're going, we don't need roads. And then, Which is one of the best ending lines. And ever. it ages perfectly because Back to the Future 2, four years later, just opens up with that scene. Yeah. Did they re- um, like, I've not rewatched Back to the Future 2, read it by, because we only did the first one. Did they redo that? They do. They redo the first scene again, don't they? But like yeah. modern, with like updated, like aged again. Yeah, because obviously um, the actress that played Jennifer did it. Oh, yeah, they got Elizabeth Shue from The Karate Kid instead. Yeah. Um, so they had to redo it with her, which it took me about the first eight, nine times of watching before I realised they'd even changed the actress because I was like, about 10 years old, I didn't even know. Um, but yeah, I think because of how exciting that ending is and it plays into a sequel, as opposed to Ghostbusters, which one I think felt, felt quite abrupt for me. Like it felt like they finished the fight and it was just done. So because of that, I think I went 10-9 in favour of Back to the Future, just taking into account like the way it played into the eventual sequel and how it's the iconic line ending it out. Like, and just seeing the DeLorean fly, like you said, the first time, I can't remember the first time I watched it, so I don't know how I was feeling, but I imagine for people watching it now who don't know, just seeing it fly at the end must just, must be like mind-blowing. So yeah, I went 10-9 in favour of Back to the Future. Like I said, I never knew about the ending, about the car flying when I first watched it. Like, so it was... Yeah, it was it was mind blowing. It was like what the fuck, and like and obviously it's like well, it don't look great compared to uh, today's standards, even back even way back then, but in black and white times. But um, uh, it still like still blows your, blew your mind. And can we hold up before I give you my? Uh, can we just make sure that Ghostbusters is winning before I give you my final score? Because I am going <laughs> to give it. Because <laughs> I am going to give it to Back to the Future. Because you're right, like it just kind of ends. Like again, it's moments, funny moments, this here, there, and then it just ends, and it you um, you have like Ernie Hudson, like I love this town, and then the Ghostbusters music plays, and then it's ended, and then the af- the actual ending, like you say, like I say, is over the credits, and it's like okay, I, w- I want to know what happens, and then you have Slimer fly into the camera, and then that's it, and by the time Ghostbusters two comes around, it everything's bloody changed, and you don't really get to know what happened between then and then. Whereas Back to the Future, even from like, I would say the ending is from when he arrives back in, um, back in regular time. And it's like, he goes and at first the town, like I said, the town is still shady looking. So you're like, it's always back. It's just normal. And then he goes and it's, 
everything's better and everything's, you know, um, his parents obviously a bit richer. His brother's now wearing a suit rather than a pizza boy outfit. His <laughs> sister's batting off boys rather than being like a, a nerdy loser. Yeah, um, he's in the like Greg or Craig calls so which was it, Greg or Craig? Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then like the, the reveal of the, he finally gets his Land Rover and, and then Doc turns up and all that happens. It's, it's just, it just feels more complete of an ending. And like I say, even if there wasn't a second film, I would be happy with, oh, and they go on more adventures. Um, so I think, yeah, definitely Back to the Future's got the better ending, 100%. Also, having Doc turn up in those clothes, and you're like, what the fuck are those clothes? <laughs> like, even, even by today's standards, like, it's not going to look like, but it's just cool. I like, uh, I like when he's like, got the sunglasses, and I think it's Jennifer, or it might be Molly, you 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 should know better than me. But she's like looking through them and they're like like looking as if can you actually see through those kind of things? And you clearly can't. But I remember I remember when he was getting closer to that time there was a website, I can't remember which one, but they were selling the glasses and the tie as like a bundle. And every they were like selling out really quickly. Um because people were wearing them for to celebrate the the the, you know, the timeline and all. But but yeah, no, the the ending to that it, it's complete. It's great. The, the ending to Ghostbusters is great, you know, um but it, it just ends, whereas Back to the Future is it, it fully closes off the off the story in a, in a really nice, satisfying way, and making you want more, which is always what you want from a successful movie, I guess. Make them leave them wanting more. That's it. Uh, so yeah, that brings it to an end. So we'll quickly uh, add up these scores then, and then we'll uh, reveal the winners. Right. Well. There's the scores added up, and I can reveal. Hold on, one second. Winner. One second before you. Nick, I think we can both agree. Whoever's the winner, we're all winners for having these movies in our lives. But That's very true. It should be Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I was thinking? Like, it's hard to do like these sorts of things where both people have very clear films because if you just did it on what we both scored, it'd just be a tie. Yeah, undoubtedly most weeks, I imagine. Yeah. So that's why I thought I didn't know whether to add our scores together would be fairer. But then I it's mean, hard it to gauge like how the best way to score it is because some weeks one of us might be a bit more biased towards one film and that might end up meaning the other loses. Or I don't know, but it's hard. I, mean, to I think it, I think it really just I I think you know add up your your Ghostbusters versus my Ghostbusters. Like add them all up to total because at the end of the day, like that's that's what we're doing in in, in yeah. It's not like we're saying one movie. Like they're both great movies. Like we're never going to yeah, do it. Neither's winning an award over what we decide right now. So well, you never know. This could be the this could be the start of a of a very successful <laughs> podcast. So I think the quote Casablanca then is it the start of a beautiful friendship? It could be the start of a beautiful friendship, but I would never I would never assume that you would call me a friend. <laughs> no, you're right there. Yeah, <laughs> not around um, anyone else, especially not for people to see online with this group. Oh no, I don't. You don't need physical evidence. Um, but no, it's like when, if I do join you, which I hope we do because I've really enjoyed today. But um, it's not like we're ever going to go. This is a shit movie. We're going to pit it up against a great movie. It's just great movies, isn't it? Like and like I say, I'm just happy that we've both got Ghostbusters and Back to the Futures because let's imagine life about Back to the Future and Ghostbusters. Man. I mean, if Back to the Future didn't exist, I'd have been much more miserable in that storm on Saturday night. <laughs> <laughs> And every time I'm ill, I don't know what I'd have watched. Every time I'm ill, I can't sleep. I just stick back to the future on. There was a moment uh, a few years ago when, through grinding my teeth, I got like an infection in my gum. And like it, my mouth ended up looking like quagmire. It was ridiculous. 
And uh, I couldn't sleep for days. And I watched the entire Back to the Future trilogy like at like five in the morning. Like, like do, your, do most of your stories end with? So I watched the entire Back to the Future trilogy. <laughs> more, more than I care to admit. We watched the film. We watched the film the other week, uh, didn't we? And it was like, I can't believe I'm watching this shit instead of the Back to the Future. It's the fucking release of the anniversary. We yeah, watched, it was we the 38th anniversary. Bride, we watched Princess Bride. It's outrageous. <laughs> I felt like a missed opportunity. But it's on a closing note, can you believe that's 38 years? So in two years, it'll be 10 years forward from where they went, and we still don't have those little hoverboards. No, we just or have, self-tying shoes. No, we just have those wheelie board things. Yeah, it's terrible. Horrendous. What a time. We got vape pens instead of cool shit. Yeah. Which a lot of people might benefit from, but certainly not me. Anyway, enough for well, sidetracking. We'll we'll get to the score. So I'm just trying to distract you so you don't you don't you don't piss me off. So in first place with 193 to 188 is can you hear that? No. <laughs> I tried to jump roll on the desk. It's Back to the Future. Oh, fuck you. No, no. It's Back to the Future. It <laughs> no, is. You're skewing think, it. No, no. Well deserved. Well deserved. I think because there were a couple that were much closer than... So, like, the score doesn't reflect how close it is. Like my, my, score, like my score was 96 to Ghostbusters and 95 to Buddy. Yeah, Back so yours was, was much closer than mine was. Yeah. I think in this case, I might have been a bit... Two into Back to the Future because it is my favorite movie. Of oh, all time. you say that after an, an hour and twenty minutes worth of recording. Cheers, Cal. <laughs> no, let's start. Was... We start from the beginning, shall we? <laughs> there were some categories though that were like it was really difficult, and it's like yeah. Back to the Future edged it, but just because a couple added up, it made it look more dominant than it ended up being. Um, but yeah, like you said, both movies are just incredible, um, and I love both yeah. a lot. So it was the two of the best movies to possibly do. If, um, for your first episode. And uh, but yeah, that was really fun. So yeah, Batch the Future wins. There we go. Wait, no. There we go. I'm fucking livid. But I'm, I'm okay with it. to celebrate. I'm okay with it. But I'm livid. <laughs> You're going to yeah, watch, watch it now to celebrate. <laughs> yeah, I might, yeah. But uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed it. And if no one wants to see Nathan's face again, just let me know and I'll make sure he's never on this show again. We- I, uh, get stuff. I said, "What did I say to you over there about uh, me coming on podcast? It'd be the best looking podcast with me and you on it." <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs> but yeah, uh, thanks guys for listening. I hope you all enjoyed it, and we'll see you soon with another episode with movies that we haven't quite decided yet. So I'll let you know yeah. when that's decided. Peace out. Cheers.